0: Would you go ahead and have a seat this morning? While uh, the band takes the seat, remember it's uh, kids camp time. So if you've got a young person want to take them to kids camp, feel free to do so. Want to keep them here? That's great. We love kids, whether they're there or here. So, all right. Well, we uh, we end today uh, the uh, series called uh, Wake Up Call. And you remember we started out with uh, Easter Sunday and acknowledging that that was just a, a huge wake up call when the earth shook and the stone rolled away and. And, uh, you know, God's son just uh, resurrected to life, and it's that uh, dynamic uh, wake-up call, right? Then uh, last week, we spent time uh, thinking about wake-up calls again, and, and uh, we said, well, you know, wake-up calls are great. You know, you get that wonderful time when you get that voice on the other end that says, you know, good morning, Mr. Sir. This is your wake-up call. Have a great day. You know, that wonderful voice, right? But there's also the risk. Is the risk is that after you get that voice, you have to make that decision that says you're actually going to get out of bed, right? And not just roll over, ignore the wake up call as if it never happened, and just go, you know, go on doing what you want to do, right? Uh, so we discovered, you know, we gotta we gotta answer that wake up call and then decide to go ahead and move forward. Right? Uh, today we go ahead with the wake up call and wrap it up and. Um, uh, the other thing I discovered about wake-up calls is, you know, you ever had that experience? You're in the hotel, you go, you're tired, you're exhausted for the day, and you call the front desk to leave the wake-up call, and, and you get that person on the other end, and you say, you know, I'd like to leave a well, wake-up call for, you know, such-and-such a time, and they say, oh, that'd be fine, and they say, uh, now, what time was it again? And you say, well, I'd like to leave it at, at such-and-such a time, and they say, oh, fine, okay, so a wake-up call, such-and-such a time for room 302, uh, and you no, no, I'm in room 305. Right? Oh, okay. 305, wake-up call. Such, Yeah, that's when I want the wake-up call. Okay, you got it now? Yeah, oh, sure, no problem. And then you hang up the phone, and what do you do the rest of the night? You don't sleep because you worry about whether you're going to get the wake-up call. Right? I mean, you've explained it, but, but you're not sure they got it yet, and so... You waste all your time and energy that you should be sleeping and restoring and getting new energy. And instead, you're kind of anxious all night. You're rolling over all night because you're worried that the guy might mess it up. And you won't get your wake-up call. And if you don't get your wake-up call, then you're not going to make your appointment. Or you're not going to make the family gathering. You're going to miss out on something. Anybody else have that experience? There you go. See? Isn't that the way it is? All right. Let me give you some good news. You ready for good news? When it comes to the rest of your life, you've already received the most valuable wake-up call. You don't have to worry about it anymore. You've already got the wake-up call. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead on Easter Sunday, that was that incredible one-time wake-up call for everybody who would believe. And it says, from now on, Jesus Christ is alive. And He is alive In your everyday, that Jesus Christ didn't rise just to be alive and go off and sit at the right hand of the Father, but Jesus Christ became alive to exercise his influence and his blessing and his direction into your everyday. And because of that, you have the opportunity from this morning on to live a resurrection life. You've already got the wake-up call. It's already happened. And because God has already accomplished that task of raising Jesus from the dead, your life now can absolutely be awake, alive, full, rich, overflowing, abundant, incredible. Sound good? That's what it is. It is living a resurrection kind of life. Let me show you in Colossians 3. Colossians 3, first verse. Look what he says. You have been raised to life with Christ. What did you just say? You're already alive. Didn't you just say that? You're already resurrected. You've already been raised up to life with Christ. Isn't that awesome? Your every day now is not just an ordinary day, it's a resurrection day. Your every day is not just another day, it's a resurrection day because you've already got the wake up call. You've already had the experience of Jesus Christ calling you to this life that is higher, greater, and more than what you can imagine. Look what he says. Now set your heart on what is where? In heaven. That's resurrection living. Don't set your mind on this stuff, set your mind on this stuff. Don't let your life just be on this world. Set your mind on the resurrection stuff. Now set your heart on what is in heaven where Christ rules at God's right side. Think about what's up there, not about what is here on earth. You died, which means that your life is hidden with Christ who sits beside God. Now look at this. Christ gives meaning to your life. And when he appears, you will also appear with him in glory. Did you see what he just did there? Christ gives meaning to your life when? Now. Resurrection life now. And then one day when he appears again, you will experience the incredible fullness of that life for eternity. But it starts, resurrection life, it starts right now, right here in your tomorrow, because the resurrection has already happened. The wake-up call has already been sent. We see this with Jesus, too, as he tried to teach this to Martha at the death of her brother, uh, Lazarus. You remember the story, right? The story about the death of Lazarus? You know, a good friend of Jesus, and, and, you know, Jesus was away, and Lazarus got sick, and they came and told Jesus, and Jesus hung out for a while and said, don't worry about it, and then he finally goes, and Finally he calls Jesus or calls Lazarus out of the tomb, right? Well, let's look at John eleven, and you'll see how Jesus in talking to Martha makes the same distinction about living today, not just waiting for forever. Okay? Jesus told told Martha, Your brother will live again. Martha answered, I know, I know he'll be raised to life on the last day when all the dead. Are raised. Where is Martha thinking? Martha's thinking resurrection day. Right? She's thinking, yeah, okay, I got it. Jesus, got you, Master. You weren't here. You died, but okay, I got it. Resurrection day, somewhere, way down the road. Okay. Look what Jesus says. Jesus then said, "I am the one who raises the dead to life." Everyone who has faith in me will live, even if they die. Now look at this one. And everyone who lives because of faith in me will what? Never really die, which means you're resurrected now. You have a chance right now. You don't have to wait till then. You have a chance right now to begin living a resurrection life. You have a chance right now to move your thoughts and your dreams and your expectations away from just settling for what the world offers and instead elevating it to this incredible resurrection life that God offers. Jesus Christ has already risen from the dead so that our lives can be resurrected right now. Right now. Sound good? Here's the problem. You ready? Do you remember what Jesus had to do before? Before he was resurrected? He had to go into the tomb. Right? Before Jesus could experience resurrection life, he had to go and experience absolute, utter abandonment to the will of the Father. Right? When he was on the cross, what did he do? When he was on the cross, he did everything God desired. He he obediently fulfilled every expectation to the Father. And when he breathed his last, he yielded up his spirit. He said, it's done, it's finished. And he gave everything that he was over to the will of the Father a last time. And they took his body down and they put him in the tomb. See, if you want to experience resurrection life, you got to be ready to let go of everything else. you got to be ready. Resurrection life comes out of a tomb. That means you got to die to all the other stuff in your life. Resurrection life comes out of a tomb. It means you you got to abandon everything else except clinging to the desire to live a life that is according to the will and dreams and desires of the Father. You have to be ready to go into the tomb. Jesus knew this. He taught us this. Okay. If you go to John 12, Jesus said, I tell you for certain, this is true, I tell you for certain, that a grain of wheat that falls on the ground will never be more than one grain unless it does what? Goes into the tomb. Right? Unless it dies. See, so your life can never be more if you hold on to it. But if you let it go and you put it in the tomb, now you've got a chance for resurrection life. He says, but if it dies, if it goes in the tomb, if you abandon it to the Father, if it dies, it will produce lots of wheat. If you love your life, you'll do what? Lose it. You will put it in the tomb. The Apostle Paul knew this. He said in First Corinthians 15, Don't be foolish. Anybody want to sign up for being foolish? Don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. A seed must die before it can sprout from the ground. you got to put it in the tomb. But now Jesus put himself in the tomb understanding that his life also was under the promises of God. He knew as he died, as he breathed his laugh, as he last, as he was obedient to the Father, that God had already made promises over his life for something more. I want you to hear today, if you want to resurre- live a resurrected life, you've got to put it in the tomb. But you can put it in the tomb because God has promises over your life. He wants you to live the resurrected life. He's ready to bring you everything in the resurrected life. He's been waiting for that for generation to generation to generation to generation. You can go back to the prophet Isaiah. And prophet Isaiah makes promises over your life when you put it into the tomb. Here's what he says. You can help me with this one. It's out of Isaiah 61. And I, I underline and, and made italics. Uh, a couple phrases, right? So when you get to those phrases, so you get it into your head. Would you say those words for me? You ready? Here's what Isaiah said. He sent me to give them flowers, their sorrows, olive oil, tears, and joyous praise. Broken hearts. Do you see a switch going on? You see that? You see you're taking one thing, sorrow. Tears, broken hearts putting them in the tomb. And resurrection life God gives in place of. You see that? Resurrection life God gives in place of. He's willing to take onto the cross the sorrow, the broken hearts, the tears. He's willing to take the guilt and the shame. He's willing to take all of that stuff that is your old life and put it in the tomb and resurrect out of that old life Something incredible—a resurrected life that starts today. If your marriage isn't everything that you know God wants it to be, don't you think it's time you put it in the tomb and let God take control of it? If if your kids—if your kids aren't just there, they're not just living the way you know they want that, that God wants them to live that your relationship isn't everything it ought to be with them, don't you think it's time to put it in the tomb and just just completely turn it over to the power of God? If your work life, if your career, if everything you thought was going to happen, it's not happening, don't you think it's time you just take that and you put it in the tomb and you just turn that over to God and wait to see what he can resurrect? You see that's what we're talking about in resurrecting life. We're talking about taking that old part of us that's not working and putting it into the tomb and letting it be under the providence of God and the promises that God has for us. Let me show you what it's like. There was a, a dad who came walking into the living room one Saturday afternoon and uh, his son was in the living room and he's standing here like this, right? Well, every parent knows when your son's standing there like that, what do you say? What are you hiding behind your back? Isn't that what you say? Come on, that's what you say. All you parents, you know that, right? uh, Okay, Johnny, uh, what's behind your back, the dad said. Johnny pulls out his hand and he's got an expensive vase on his arm. His hand is stuck in this expensive vase. It's expensive. Do you say vase then? If it's expensive? Uh, I'm not sure the distinction there, right? But anyway, so johnny, Johnny's johnny got this really expensive vase uh, and his hand stuck in this expensive vase. And you can tell his hand's all red and everything. He's been trying to get it out, you know, and the dad's like, ah, oh, what are we going to do? So his dad tries to move it and shift it. There's no way this thing is coming off. He gets Vaseline and a popsicle stick, you know, and he's getting it down, trying to anything. He cannot get this vase off the kid's hand. So dad is like, okay, what are we going to do here? I mean, I can't imagine breaking the base, but I love my son. What am I going to do? So finally he takes Johnny and he sits him down. He says, now, Johnny, let's just relax. Johnny, I just want you to take a nice deep breath, son. Just relax every muscle in your body. And now your hand, just open that hand and, and make those fingers as long as you can make them and just stretch those fingers out in that hand and we'll just try to slide it off one more time and Johnny says oh dad I can't do that he's like Johnny what do you mean you can't just stretch your fingers out he says I can't do that if I do that I'll drop my dime you get it what's Johnny holding on to something that is absolutely worthless compared to the value of the vase. Isn't that what we do? We try to hold on to this old life stuff that in the scheme of things doesn't amount to much at all. When God is offering us an incredible resurrected life and all we have to do is let go and put our life in the tomb and say, God, you're in charge. I surrender absolutely completely to whatever you choose for my life. And then resurrection life begins. Now, is it going to happen like that? I mean, is your life going to turn around like that? Is everything going to fall in order like that? No. Didn't work that way for Jesus. Remember what happened for Jesus. Jesus was died and he was buried and he went into the tomb and he was there how many days? Huh? Three days. It took him three days. Now let's think about this. If the whole idea about the resurrection was simply just making sure Jesus was dead so he could come alive again, he's dead on the cross, taking down, lay him out, wait a couple hours, and let's go. Didn't happen that way. Why? Why didn't it happen that day? If it was just about making Jesus alive again, why didn't it happen that day? We get a hint of the why when we look at Jesus in relationship to his experience with Lazarus. Now, Jesus knew before he went to the cross that he was going to be killed and he was going to be crucified. He also knew that three days later, he was going to rise. It says in Matthew 16, you go down towards the bottom, it says, you know, I must go to Jerusalem. The leaders are going to be the chief priests, teachers of the law. most. They're going to, I'm going to suffer terrible things. They're going to kill me. But how many days? Three days. You see that? Three days later, he was going to rise. When it comes to the experience with Jesus and Lazarus, They come to Jesus and say, Jesus, your good buddy, Lazarus, is sick. You need to get over there right away. Jesus says in John 11, when Jesus heard this, he said, Look, his sickness won't end in death. It will bring glory to God and his son. Where is Jesus focused? He is not focused on the probability or possibility that Lazarus will die. He is focused on the reality of a resurrected life that says, look, whatever happens, it's going to happen and unfold the way God wants it because it brings honor and glory to God. You see that? It's going to happen that way because it brings honor and glory to God. How to go for Lazarus? It says, John 11, when Jesus finally did get to Bethany, he found Lazarus, and he had already been dead in the tomb for... Four days. A little extra for Lazarus, right? Four days. What's going on? Jesus waits. He intentionally waits. He just hangs out with the disciples for a few more days before he finally gets up and makes his way over to Bethany and to the experience of Lazarus. He waits. Why is he waiting? John 11. Jesus told his disciples plainly, Look, Lazarus is dead. I'm glad I wasn't there. What? What? I'm glad I wasn't there because now you will have a chance to put your faith in me. Why is he waiting? We wait because waiting gives God the opportunity to work at the right time for not only our good but his glory. You get that? See, God's not just about working for our good. Of course, God wants the best for us. He's got incredible resurrection life for us. But God works for our good, but God also works for His glory. And sometimes we just have to wait the three days or the four days or whatever days it takes so that when God starts working in our life and bringing us to that resurrection appointment He's got for us, everybody knows and understands This is a God thing. This is something God is doing. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus was terribly upset, so he went to the tomb, which was a cave, with a stone rolled against the entrance. Then he told the people to roll the stone away, but Martha said, Lord, oh my gosh, Lord, you know that Lazarus has been dead for four days. There will be a bad smell, man. Jesus replied, Didn't I tell you that if you had faith, you would see what? The glory of God. What's the point? See, the point isn't about just bringing Lazarus back to life. The point is glory to God. Bringing Lazarus back to life after four days destroys absolutely any opportunity for anybody to say, well, you know, I think he was just sick and fainted. No, they already understand. Look, he's been in there four days and he's probably smelling. See, there's no doubt here. What Jesus is going to do after that waiting time in the tomb is going to raise Lazarus and it's going to point to the glory of God. When we put our lives in the tomb, we surrender to not only the will of God, but the timing of God. And our lives then, those resurrection lives, they become focused not just on what's good for us, but on bringing glory to God. Now here's the deal. When that time comes, when that moment comes, when those resurrection moments come in your life and God is working, you have to be ready to grab those moments. You have to seize those moments and start rising up. you got to start rising up. If we go into uh, the Gospel of John, there's an experience where Jesus uh, comes to the pool. And while he's there, there's a guy who's been... Uh, crippled for 38 years and there's other people there and the guy can't get healed I mean the whole deal with the pool was you know once a day the water in the pool would stir up And it's kind of like everybody's scurry because the first guy that gets in the pool is probably going to get healed But if you're not the first guy in the pool guess what yeah, You don't get healed right so you got to be the first guy in the pool right? So this guy's been staying by the pool all this time 38 years and every time the water stirs up, he tries to get in the pool, but what happens? Somebody always beats him. Okay. Jesus comes along. He says, Beside the pool was a man who had been sick for 38 years. Jesus saw the man, realized that he'd been crippled for a long time, and he asked him, Do you want to be healed? That's all he asked him. Notice something. He didn't ask him, Look, I got a little time on my hands. Can... Can I hang out with you? And if the water stirs, you know, I'll try to get you to the pool. He just asked him right then, are you ready to start living a resurrection life? Are you ready to trust me enough? Are you ready to start living a resurrection life? Look where's the guy's heads go. Now, the man answered, Lord, I don't have anyone to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. I try to get in, but someone else always gets there first. Now, what's so fascinating is Jesus' response to this. We don't get Jesus being kind and compassionate. I mean, that's the one you like, right? The kind and compassionate one? I mean, don't you want him to say, oh, that's sad. Right? I mean, oh, man, my heart is really broken that you go through this every day and and you don't get there. That's just really sad you know, I'll just be with you today and I'll just hang out and let's just hope the water stirs and and I'll push those other people back and we'll get there first, okay? He doesn't do that. What does he do? He simply asks the man if he's ready for a resurrection life. Right? Pick up your mat and walk. Isn't that what he said? What's he saying? Look, time, time, time. It's resurrection day. It's time to wake up. It's time to get up. Here's a resurrection call to your life. Wake up. Pick up your mat and let's go. Pick up your mat and let's start living the life that God has wanted you to live for the last 38 years. Look, trust me more than you trust anything else, including the water in the pool, and just pick up your mat and let's go. And look what the text says. Right then... How quickly did you do it? Right then, the guy picks up his mat and walks. Listen. You have a wake-up call. Don't ignore the wake-up call. You know, my wife does sometimes when, when we're, we're together in, in, the, in the hotel and I leave the wake-up call. It's always my job. I leave the wake-up call. She's an early riser. And some of you know I, that's not my forte. It's not good. But she is. She's an early riser. As soon as she does? She gets up before the wake-up call. And when she gets up before the wake-up call, she, loving me of course, she goes over and she takes the phone off the cradle and puts it to the side. Right? So I get a little more sleep. Isn't that nice? I go pat her on the back when you see her today. She's great. But, right, isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Can you imagine the guy who's down at the front desk going, Hello, come on, wake up! Hello, come on, wake up! Come on! Answer the phone and wake up! Do you know how many times... Do you know how many times God has tried to say to you, It's time to pick up your mat and get gone and start living a resurrection life. Don't put your life off to the side. Don't put your other stuff more important. Don't keep holding on to an old life that's not as valuable as the life that God is offering you. Just understand... You've already got the wake-up call. You've already got the wake-up call. And resurrection life is waiting for you. If you can't hear it from me today, watch the screen for a minute. Just take it in 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 the, the music. Take it in in the words. Just listen to what God is trying to get through. I to believe that you really are the resurrection and the life. You are everything. Help us today to just answer that wake-up call. To look at that empty tomb and know that you live. It's true. And to know that you live to resurrect our lives, to take us to things that we can't imagine, but you've planned from the foundation of the world to bring into our lives things that are rich and full and good because they're you. Father, we pray today, help us to believe. Help us to answer that wake-up call, pick up our mat, and just move forward in life confident in you and leaving everything else behind, but trusting you more than anything. Father, we thank you that all of our sin, all of our guilt all of those pieces of shame that have filled our lives, we can just leave those in the tomb and we can walk out in place of and we can know the resurrection life today. Father, if there's anybody in this room that hasn't come to that place yet where they just have surrendered and and love you more than anything, Lord, just let them hear this word today. Let them hear. That Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And bring them to that opportunity. They might surrender all things. And know what it means to live that glorious life of living to your glory. Father, we thank you for this word, for this wake-up call. And we commend ourselves to your care. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Please stand and join us
1: as we sing.
2: is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your It's all about
0: Morning. Let's pause now and receive our tithes and receive our offerings. If you're visiting with us today, we are so thankful you're here. Uh, We don't ask you to make a gift. We don't expect you to make a gift. The gift is you're here with us today. That's what we value more than anything. We hope you come be with us again. Let's tell you more and more about the resurrection life, right? Uh, People of God at Christ Church, uh, be faithful. Uh, Be faithful. Use the envelope and uh, make your tithe. It's what God asks of us. He's given us the kingdom of heaven. And uh, so we're responsible for returning to him that tithe to honor and glory him in what we do. What else we got going on?
1: Hey, there's always things going on here at Christchurch. We encourage you to check out this uh, thing that you picked up on the way, and we call it our Christ Lights, Otherwise, our website, which is up on the screens there. Um, yesterday, for those of you who weren't here, we had an awesome day at Christchurch. We had a bone marrow drive uh, for one of our, our members. Uh, it was kind of in honor of, him, in honor of him, but we had just a great turnout. So thank you to everybody who participated in that, who helped out with it. Uh, it was great. And uh, there's still a bake sale going on outside, so take part in that. Um, also, the real work kind of begins now for each and every one of us to to go home and uh, be praying for the Midnacht family and, and for Joe specifically. Um, we love him. And uh, he's our he's our brother in Christ and, and lift him up in your own prayers. Um, also, uh, check out your Christ lights. It says here, um, we got an opportunity really to be, uh, to make a difference here. You can um, bring gifts. I believe there's a basket outside to, to bring small gifts um, for victims of domestic uh, abuse. Families of domestic abuse. You can bring gifts for the children so they can give to their mothers on Mother's Day. So take part in that. Otherwise, uh, if you have a child, if you have a child that's fifth grade or older uh, and would like to participate in First Communion, see Joy right here uh, in the green shirt, and we're going to have a ceremony and stuff like that uh, next month. What else, Dan? Is going on? Yeah, tonight we have Impact like normal for our uh, middle school and high school students from 6:30 to 8:30, and also kind of a quick announcement that coming up shortly, we're going to do a Camp Sunday. So we're going to be promoting our summer camps and just kind of playing some videos, letting you know that we think they're pretty awesome and that you and uh, you guys should head off to that. So,
0: Awesome. Yeah, other things going on. Uh, a lot of it's listed here, some things that aren't, though. Uh, Mark and Bridget Sullivan are going to be heading over to Ethiopia soon uh, to uh, pick up their new adoptive son. So we're thrilled for them in that. Uh, yeah, that's awesome, isn't it? Yo. Um uh, but it's also a ministry opportunity, right? It's a ministry opportunity. So uh, they've invited us to be able to uh, give them whatever uh, we can take over.